Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech on Black Hollywood Live. Today, SpaceX has some major setbacks. Zuckerberg tricks out his house, and President Obama will guess edit Wired. Let's go. Hey. Let this play it in a little bit. Welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down uh, tech news and nerd culture from a black and brown geek perspective. I am Joe Braswell, I'm flying solo today, N- not joined as always by my man Achilles Shine, who is um, uh, indisposed this weekend, as he should be. Uh, it's just me, me and De La Soul. Um, here to talk some tech news. We got some news over Labor Day. Want to want to want to get through. Uh, didn't want to take the week off because there's too much going on. So wanted to get you some of this tech news uh, to you from me. So I'll just jump right into it. Uh, we talk a lot about Elon Musk and and SpaceX and what he's doing. Um, well, SpaceX had a major setback and they, they 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 went to launch a rocket and it exploded. If you didn't hear about this, went to a giant fireball, which you know, raises a bunch of questions about the safety of this sort of non, you know, non-government regulated private space channel. I mean, travel. I mean, Elon Musk has had a very aggressive timeline for, you know, having, uh, you know, space, space flight in 2017. And, and he wants to put, you know, uh, a manned mission to Mars by 2018. He wants to have, uh, us colonizing Mars by 2025. This is a dramatic timeline, and it's one thing to be able to, it's kind of cool to think like, oh, wow, this billionaire who's super great has the resources to do things outside and in a private sector outside of, you know, NASA and the government. Then when you see this, it makes you wonder, makes you wonder like about the safety, about about Nina's stuff. And I, I got to tell you, I was never getting in one of them SpaceX joints anyway. I was never doing the Virgin, the the, the um, Richard Branson Virgin Galactic, you know, the the, the space travel joint. You never see me in that, and you'll never see me in one of these spaceships. But I still still applaud uh, Elon Musk for uh, doing what he's got to do to make sure that this thing is working. But I mean, what a setback! It'll be interesting to see, you know, what this, what effect this has on the overall program because it's still unnoticed what happened. So uh, that's interesting. And also, um, when this thing blew up, it actually Facebook was affected as well because, uh, you know, Facebook actually we talked a lot about drones. Facebook, you know, bought this whole fleet of drones, and what they're supposed to do is take these drones and fly them uh, over uh, on, on um, under. Impoverished, impoverished countries and places in remote remote countries and villages that don't have internet and be able to use these drones to be able to beam internet to people. And the drones are just to stay in the air, which is a great idea. Uh, they took it one step further. They actually had a satellite they were gonna they're gonna place in in orbit that was also gonna be able to beam down internet, which is again kind of a scary prospect from Facebook. Like I'm, I'm the first one to worry about Facebook's you know, dominance with drones and satellites and what happens when these things aren't used for them for the, for the purpose that they're intended. That being said, uh, we don't have to worry about that because that was actually on the SpaceX, uh, um, uh, ship that, that blew up. 
So that's a huge setback for Facebook as well. So two billionaires, you know, uh, Zuckerberg and Elon uh, in, in, in a little bit of uh, hot water there. So um, we'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. Um, but I do want to move on to Zuck. Didn't stop him. The thing about Mark Zuckerberg is he's still um, he's still innovating. You know, he's still, still innovating. Like he, you know, the satellite thing didn't work out. Um, he put that in space, didn't work out, but Zuck has built an AI that controls his house. Now, Achille and I, Achille especially loves to talk about the internet of things, um, where your house is controlled, you know, you have your, your lighting system and your, and your refrigerator and your, and your oven and all these things are controlled by, uh, the internet and actually things happen for you. Zuck has built something like this for his own house. And, uh, he likens it more to like a Jarvis on Iron Man. So where he can come in and he can say, you know, uh, whatever it is, you know, Jarvis, uh, turn on the air conditioning to 70 degrees, please. Uh, preheat the oven, Jar- Jarvis, uh, Jarvis, def- you know, defrost some chicken, uh, Jarvis, turn on the lights in the living, start the bathtub, like all these things. And he's, he's got it pretty close, uh, turn on the television and he's very happy about it. The funny thing is, is he's still working on it, to- to- you know, toying with it, but it only responds to his voice. So his wife is driving his wife crazy because she comes in and she can't control anything. So it's like she's uh didn't like it. But I I, I like the story because people forget that Mark Zuckerberg is a smart kid who was an incredible coder, who was, you know, an incredible hacker and incredible coder and a really smart technical guy. Not unlike Bill Gates. People forget that Mark is not a Steve Jobs type who just sort of uh, plays the orchestra and, and, and to use the words from the, um, from the Steve Jobs film. But uh, he actually is more like a Bill Gates, a guy who's actually in there teching and coding and doing stuff. So it's kind of cool to see Mark Zuckerberg having a hands-on and inventing something again or, or testing, building something. So, I mean, it makes, it makes news, but that's it. Um, moving forward, uh, I want to talk to you about... Uh, this court ruling that just happened, uh, you know, people are calling it a fatal blow to consumer protections. And this isn't really getting that much run. And I feel like it should, because there is a, uh, sort of something that's going on in the federal court of appeals to really talk about, uh, the FTC, um, uh, federal trade commission. Uh, it, it's, it's their job to sort of, as a sort of a privacy watchdog, making sure that, our information isn't shared to the right to, to the wrong people or shared to people un, unnecessarily. And they're about to lose this case with AT&T, you know, to, you know, it's more of a cell phone thing, like AT&T to be able to share information. But what they don't mention is companies like Facebook and Google can now do this as well, which is massive because this is kind of what Google and Facebook have been amassing all of our information over the years to do is to be able to share it, you know, with, 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 uh, consumers and with, um, there we go, uh, is, is, is to be able to share it with, uh, companies and, you know, there's that not only can they share this information, but they can collect data from us in a way that I don't think we even know. I mean, the, the, the amount of data mining that Facebook does just from your profile alone and just what you do on Facebook is incredible. They, they, they can do, so many things, including match you up with a husband or wife. They can match you up with, like they, they can predict, uh, you know, where, where your whole day. They can, they can actually predict your life. Like it's like this guy at age seventy will probably do this. This is this is the kind of advanced metrics they're doing based on the information you have. So uh, that 
and Google, no different. Google, I mean, you're like, well, you think about, well, what does Google have? Well, Google has Google Mail. They have they they have YouTube. They have all these things that they can very much uh, get a profile of you and and uh, and share that information to anyone really. Uh, I this is a huge deal. I, I feel like that it's not taught, being talked about enough. But uh, you know, you, people really need to worry about our, our privacy and you know and, and, and things of that nature. So um, anyway, we'll, 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 I'm sure Keith and I will be talking about more of this in, in, the, in the time to come. But I do want to talk to you about um, transition to our friends at General Assembly. Uh, we talk about this a lot. So if you're looking for a career in tech, you know, business, data, design, marketing, um, trying to land that that promotion of that new raise, you should go to General Assembly because you know a 21st century. Career needs 21st century skills, and that's what you can get at General Assembly. Look, it's the largest, most respected school worldwide for people seeking to grow their talents and master the marketplace of the tech and anything else. Whether it's learning remotely on- online or a person at one of their beautiful campuses, you can join the over 350,000 people who've already gotten the training they need to prepare their careers in business. Uh, more than 2,500 companies worldwide, worldwide hire GA graduates, with 99% of the graduates who participate in GA's career services, landing a new role in the field within six months of and after they complete the training, which is, you know, insane. Uh, after six months of starting a job, job search, uh, 99% of the graduates find something. That's the, you can't really argue with those numbers. Uh, so take control of your talent and career now and find out more at ga.co slash geek. That's ga.co slash geek. Enter promo code geek, G-E-E-K. Uh, to save in your first class workshop or event. That's ga.co slash geek. Code word geek. So check that out, General Assembly. Um, I want to move on to uh, next story. This is interesting. It's also something Akili and I have, has been on our radar for a long time. We talked about drones. And, you know, drones, look, look, Amazon is, you know, threatening that, you know, to have these drones deliver packages. Uh <laughs> Domino's has been very aggressive in like you know having drones deliver pizzas and also having the autonomous cars deliver pizzas. Uh, well, today or as as of last week, uh, it's finally legal to float fly drones commercially. This is the thing. Like, how could they? Will will this be able to pass muster with the FCC? Uh, they figure some things out. They've got some rules, and it looks like for American business can do this. Um, there's a, still a lot of limitations. It's not like drones just be flying everywhere. Uh, it can only. Uh, Weigh 55 pounds, it can only, which, which just means that we can't really carry that much. It can only fly up to 400 feet, so it can't fly super high. Uh, so that that's to that's not be in the way of planes and aircraft and everything else. Uh, but it can go up to 100 miles an hour. That's still pretty. That's still pretty hardcore. Just seeing a drone buzz by at like 100 miles an hour at 400 feet, that's going to be weird. Um, seeing those things, uh, you don't have to have a pilot's license. However, you do have to have. Um, you know, pass a written test and on aeronautical knowledge uh, to get a, to get a license. Uh, the FAA has already released like has already received three thousand requests for such tests. So people are already like you know trying to get on board on this. Um, it's cool. I mean, you know, then there's all kinds of penalties and stuff if you don't obey the rules. But we'll see. The thing is, you, and you also have to be in the line of sight of the operator. So this is going to sort of damper the plans of Amazon being able to just send these drones out because the operator has to actually see that. Now, I don't know if there's any loopholes with that in terms of, like, 
you know, cameras and, and everything else. But uh, as of right now, that's kind of what it, what it works out. So and we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Uh, moving on. Uh, people worry about Russia and, and their ability to hack in China and their, or Korea and their ability to hack us. And mostly Russia, especially after the, the Clinton email thing. Well, um, you know, this Washington Post has this article about how the Russian hackers can actually tip the election. It really comes from what happened back in 2000, back in 2000 in the uh, Bush Gore election, where you know you had all the stuff with the hanging chads and the and the, and the, and the pokey things. And so what's happened is a lot of the stuff has been digitized and, and and done electronically to prevent a disaster that happened like like that happened in 2000, which um you know you know like like it or love it or hate it gave us President Bush 40, 43. Um, instead of Al Gore. So to prevent that, a lot of guys have gone to this voter technology polling um, with no paper records. And, you know, like that, that includes like Louisiana and New Jersey and Delaware and South Carolina and Georgia. And then there's a whole bunch of hosts of others that, you know, that have some other stuff. Now we're talking about 20 states, but if all 20 of those states are vulnerable to being hacked because there's no real safeguards in place for this, that could swing an election. And there's a lot to gain from a Russia and having a President Trump uh, over a President Clinton. So, I don't know, folks. Um, it, it's, it's good that this is that this has been brought to our attention. So, uh, I don't know. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's like, it's insane to me that, you know, in 2016, you'd make all this efforts to, uh, you know, streamline voting and then not have it be like protected against hackers because hacking is a reality in this country and in the world globally, especially as a, as a means to, uh, as a means of terror and as a means to, uh, sorry, especially as a means to terror and as a means, um, you know, potentially like sort of, you know, maybe considered an act of war by some folks. So I don't know. This is, this is, this is, you know, scary territory, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this whole thing plays out. Um, Okay. Next, uh, we talk about, look, Obama is everywhere, man. This guy, my man is on podcasts. He's on Between Two Ferns. He's slow jamming the news. He's in, you know, comedians and cars with coffee. Like his wife is on the, you know, is in James Corden's car, like carpool karaoke. Like they are everywhere. And now Obama, you know, who's the most sort of visible president ever and also considered the, the first real tech savvy president is going to guest edit wired magazine which i think is really cool wired has done a lot of guest edits before but the first time that any magazine has been guest edited by by a sitting president uh obama's like on the way out just like doing everything i don't know what what's this i mean he's like doing so much on the way out so so i i you know i love wired and you know he knows his tech so he's going to be able to guest edit and figure out some things and the thing about potus that that people you know may or may not know is the guy writes a lot. Like, he writes a lot of his own stuff. He writes his own speeches. He does his own stuff. I mean, obviously, he has a great team of speechwriters that sort of go over and hone and whatever. But the basic of everything this guy does, he writes himself. And he's not just a guy who's going to come in and, you know, read a teleprompter. So with Wired, he's going to have some real, he's going to take this job really seriously and, and really come up with some cool stuff. So it'll be interesting to see. 
what that issue holds and how that works out for us. Uh, I do want to transition and talk about our friends over at DraftKings because football season is here. We kick off next weekend. I'm so excited. Fantasy football is here. And for those of you, football is your passion. You know, all the players and the teams, the strengths and the weaknesses. Now it's time to put that knowledge to the test and play for your shot at $1 million prize at DraftKings.com. It's just part of a giant $5 million in total prizes they're doing out in week one. So week one, you have access to $5 million in prizes, which is crazy. Um, DraftKings.com is the destination for uh, one-week fantasy football. One-week fantasy football means no long-season commitments like at Yahoo or NFL or ESPN where you, like, you're there the whole season, you're back and forth. And I mean, I'm in two of those leagues, but I'm also a DraftKings guy. So DraftKings, look, you dip in, you dip out. It's one week. You make your money. You keep it moving. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, you can play whatever you want with the players you want. You pick your contest, draft for players, and that's it. Renew old rivalries, challenge uh, friends, family to private league, and improve your superior GM. Or join an existing league. Go head to head with friends or coworkers or fancy players from across the country. Um, listen. Hurry to DraftKings.com now, choose your players, and you can seriously win cash in week one. Use promo code GEEK uh, for, for, to play for free with your, with your first deposit. That's code GEEK to play for free, and you'll share in the $5 million in total prizes in week one contest. Only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Eligibility and restrictions may apply. Check the website for details. That's that. Um, also... Moving, moving on back to the stories here. Uh, Twitter, this is interesting. Twitter became more of uh, like a cable company, which is, which is interesting because uh, they made some steps here to start being able to stream live things. They, they, they're, they're really like aggressively making some, some moves to compete with other OTT services in, um, you know, they're going to be able to stream some NFL games. It looks like, uh, Thursday night football games. Let's start with that. Uh, they're, they're, they're looking into other sports content. They want to, they, they may want to do some award shows. They're offering kind of a skinny bundle. This is a, a shocker from Twitter, Twitter, the, 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 you know, the Twitter business model was simply weird, you know, you know, you, you place where you can share information and, and, uh, you know, and follow people and do what, do these things, whatnot. But the fact that you can go to Twitter and then watch a football game, uh, it really just sort of opens the door for what Twitter would can become and will be, you know, in the next. So people who thought there's a lot of talk about this election and how much you know Donald Trump. Every, every everything, everything that Trump does is a tweet, tweet this, tweet this, and we were wondering if political science classes in 20 years from now will be like, what's a tweet? What's a Twitter? Well, this is Twitter's uh, bid to sort of stay relevant. So maybe you know, maybe they will be around. So that's that. Uh, speaking of tech, it looks like. After nine years of steady growth, um, the smartphone boom is, pro- is finally over. I mean, it's hard to believe that it's only been nine years since the uh, iPhone was introduced, which is insane because it feels like it's been a part of our life for like 20 years. But, I mean, 10 years ago, there was no iPhone. Like, there was no, we, we were we were still, like, in Blackberries and flip phones. And so, the idea, like, we yeah, are in super smartphone world over the last last nine years is really incredible of what's what's happened. But but every year, the thing about that is every year the sales have gone up, like, incredibly. Like, we're talking about, like, growth that's, like, you know, I mean, in the past it was, like, you know, 83% of the market share. I mean, it, it, it was, like, uh, you know, 10% growth and and, and, and up, up, up. And now it's just kind of down for, down to 1.6, um, 
uh, growth and it seems to be flattening out. Now it's still growing, but you know, 10% versus 1.6% is showing that the smartphone sales are flattening out. What this means is look, smartphones are ubiquitous. I mean, everyone has one. I mean, whether it's a, whether it's a HTC or a galaxy or obviously the iPhone, everyone has one. So you, you know, you, at a certain point you knew it was going to happen. I mean, nine years of, of smartphones, guess what? They all have one. So it'll be interesting to see from a consumer electronic standpoint, what this does to the business and what this means for, you know, innovation. We'll keep our eyes on that as the iPhone seven drops, uh, September 23rd. Um, uh, I'm going to skip this DraftKings one, but I do want to talk about, uh, uh, Ben Affleck. So my man, Ben Affleck, who I'm a hardcore Affleck apologist and guy, I'm, I, I thought he was great in, um, in Batman vs Superman. I think he's going to be fantastic in the, uh, Justice League. And I'm thrilled to death that he's directing and starring in these new Batman movies. He uh, sent some footage on his Twitter account of Deathstroke, um, AKA the Terminator, which, which they, which DC changed his name to Deathstroke for obvious reasons. Get him two Terminators walking around. Anyway, it's, 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 he looks really, really cool, but this begs the question, like, where is this guy from? Because we know that Affleck is in the middle of shooting Justice League, but is he prepping Batman? And is that test footage? Will we see Deathstroke in Justice League? And why has Ben Affleck leaking him? We know that Deathstroke may or may not be the sort of the main heavy against Batman in Affleck's movie. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. But it, it's interesting. But I tell you what, man, uh, looks really, really, really cool. The, my man Deathstroke. Uh, and then last but not least, we'll skip this last story on NBA 2K. Uh, my man. Michael B. Jordan has made his way to NBA 2K and another sort of like virtual sort of storyline kind of theatrical thing. Um, you know, they, they tried this last year with Spike. Uh, you know, Spike Lee took over NBA, uh, I think it was 2K 15 or 14, and he made it a Spike Lee joint. He had all these cinematic, uh, uh, you know, things, and it didn't really match with the game, although it was kind of cool. Uh, it didn't really match with the with, with what was going on with the game, and so they've gone away from that, and they've gone to this other Michael B. Jordan storyline where he is, you know, interacting with players, and he's at a barber shop, and he's doing this other stuff. And so, uh, look, everyone loves Michael B. I, I I'm included. Uh, you know, uh, will this sell more games? Because you kind of buy these things to just play your favorite NBA players, and maybe going to GM mode and. You know, and try to put some things together, but I don't really play for a story mode. Uh, I mean, this isn't Halo, so but we'll see. I mean, you know, I'm not mad at the, my, my guys over at 2K. We we, we love them. Um, I think that's it, man. I think that's it for us this week. Short week, short show. Uh, I do want to get those stories out there to you. Uh, thank you for joining me. Um, flying solo here on GNT. Um, Akili and I will be back next week with, with more stories. If you want to check me out, you can find me on Twitter at Joe K. Braswell and also on Instagram at Joe K. Braswell and on Snapchat at JK Braz. You guys have a wonderful afternoon and a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy that barbecue and we'll see you next week. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook. 
tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live. Scipio, Instagram me at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.